I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. Plush care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, my name is Gary Mansfield. And this is the Ministry of Arts podcast, where each week I'll be speaking to a different artist. Now let's begin by bagging these bongos. Welcome to episode 227 of the Ministry of Arts podcast. Just before I take you to meet this week's guest, can I just play you this little recording? For the third consecutive year, we've partnered with the Kensington and Chelsea Art Week and Art Trail, where we get the opportunity to speak to several of their featured artists. And today's episode is one of those. But before I take you to meet them, let me just give you a little bit of information about the Kensington and Chelsea Art Week and Art Trail. The Art Week is, well, it's just a little bit longer than a week. It runs from the 22nd of June until the 2nd of July. And the Art Trail runs from the 16th of June right up until the end of August. And the Art Trail even has its own art bus. It stops in the location of various artworks and you can jump on and jump off at your heart's content. For the full list of featured artists and a whole lot more information, go over to the Kensington and Chelsea Art Week Instagram page, which is KCAW London, and you'll find everything there that you need. It's me, I'm back. (laughs) Unfortunately, we're drawing to an end of the Kensington and Chelsea series of conversations. This is the penultimate one. The next episode, which is in two weeks, is with a fantastic guy called Junior Tomlin. But as fantastic guys go, they don't get much more fantastic. (laughs) That's cheesy, isn't it? They don't get much more fantastic than today's guest, Lee Baker of Baker and Borowski. Baker and Borowski is the umbrella name of a, a few creative engines, if you like. One being graphic rewilding, another being the skip gallery. If you've listened for some time, you may remember the skip gallery episode, which was number 104, where I spoke to Catherine Borowski. And likewise, the graphic rewilding episode, which was number 123, is where I spoke to Lee. And when I last spoke to Lee about graphic rewilding, which must have been maybe even over two years ago, Graphic rewilding at the time was in its infancy. And although at the time Lee and Catherine were putting a lot of energy into graphic rewilding, two years later, now it's matured, graphic rewilding is starting to emit energy, you know. But rather than me tell you all the ins and outs of Baker and Borowski, let one half of that duo do it for themselves. Please let me introduce you to Lee Baker. How are you, buddy? You good? Long time no see. You're looking well. Thank you very much. Right, Mr. Lee Baker, I have several questions I ask every guest. The first question that I ask is, how would you describe what you do to someone that may not know Baker and Borowski? Funnily enough, 
we've been discussing this quite a lot lately because uh, it's like, how do you encompass what we do? Yeah. Um, and I think uh, a couple of people have kind of come forward and it's true. I think gen the general overview is that we, we create public art in unexpected places. And I think, you know, as Baker and Broski, we really believe in kind of art for everyone everywhere. And, and that's a nice umbrella for kind of skip gallery and graphic rewilding because they're very disparate projects. They're very different on the surface, but actually they, they encompass a kind of that kind of sensibility. Yeah, they're held um, up by the same yeah. pillars, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. Art in unusual places and meeting people at eye level with art, kind of saving people from having to go into the gallery space in order to see art. Um, and uh, yeah, that that's that's our kind of raison d'etre. That's our reason and for being. I've obviously mentioned that you are Lee Baker, and who is Borowski? So the other half of Baker Borowski is Catherine Borowski, and she is my partner. And we've been kind of partnering in the art world. Well, Baker and Borowski really started out from. I had my own art practice. Catherine had her own art practice, but, and I had my career. So I had my art practice, but then I had my career, if you like my paying career, which was in the music world. So I've been making music for years. Catherine had her art practice and then her paying career was through um, her company called Produce UK, who were an event making and uh, place making organization who um, you know work with big big arts organizations and developers to create um, amazing kind of events, large scale events and art installations and happenings in developments, mainly in London, but often uh, yeah. in Europe and various places. And then when we started working together, and I should add that when we started actually going out with each other, you know, cause we're girlfriend and boyfriend, she was getting she was uh, getting a lot of kind of external designers in and artists to do projects for Produce UK. Yeah, and then I obviously me being an opinionated <laughs> son of um, started being like, oh, why do you do this? Why do you do that? And I started feeding into some of the projects. Then there'd come a project where she couldn't get hold of a designer. So I should add, I used to be a um, a scenic artist and, and prop maker at the National Theatre, English National Opera. So I had an awareness of three-dimensional space, of, yeah. you know, of three-dimensional practice on a theatrical level. I was like, man, I can do some of this, you know. And I had to learn very quickly, you know, very steep learning curve. And Catherine's excellence and brilliance is she's an incredible delegator she bring you know she's like the miles davis of the production world she really knows how to put teams together and really she gave me a chance she she was like all right you you design this stuff you know go for it you know start going for it and in amongst that we started skip gallery um as it was uh, catherine's idea really she i think both of us have been working in this kind of Corporate's the wrong word, but in that structure where there's a lot of clients telling you what to do. And we're like, we're artists, you know? We don't want to be told what to do all the time. Let's start this crazy, ridiculous gallery where no one gets to tell us what to do. We take the money that we earn over here, um, my money from the music industry, Catherine's money from uh, Produce UK and, and, and the amalgam of the two. Let's throw it basically into a bin and uh, watch it disappear very quickly and create this art practice where we get to do what the hell we like, you know? And so that's how, how I kind of got absorbed into that world, learning all kinds of three-dimensional um, design practices. So I've literally learned how to design in 3D, learned how to use the Photoshop skills that I already had to, to visualize these things. So when we are pitching for these projects, you know, all this kind of thing. And then, um, and then it got to a point where we were like, why, why are we bothering to kind of commission all these artists to do these projects? We can do these projects. So we started naming ourselves Baker and Borofsky as an artistic duo who would encompass these various things. Cause we were doing all these little bitty things. We were like, how are we going to umbrella this? Yeah. You know, and it's like, how about Baker and Borofsky? So that's how that 
Starting. And once you put up that umbrella, that does make things quite a lot easier, doesn't it? Because likewise, yeah. I had several things going with this podcast that was initially called the Mizogart podcast. And I was doing talks and I was doing workshops. And then it was, I just had like several separate things on the go and you had to try and like spin in plates, if you like. Yeah. But as yeah. soon as I made the Ministry of Arts as the umbrella thing, then all of a sudden yeah. they became a bit tighter and somehow possibly even mentally easier to handle. Yeah. And I think, I think, you know, you doing that, it means you can do anything in it as long as it's encompassed under the umbrella of Ministry of Arts, you know, um, then, then it feels, it feels right. It feels cohesive. You know, I'm not sure we're quite there yet. I think we, we're working on the kind of rationalization for everything at the moment, because there's been a long time where we were like, oh, skip gallery, graphic rewilding, do they fit? Do they fit? You know, and then recently we did a graphic rewilding project in a skip and yeah. suddenly it was like, oh, there you go. And actually yeah. launched, launched quite a few things from that. We had lots of ideas that moved forward from just putting the, the flower designs in a skip yeah. um, in Hackney. Uh, and, and what's amazing about that is we're now going to be putting it flowers in a skip outside the Royal Sculpture Society. So Brilliant. that's an amazing endorsement of uh, of what we've been doing and where we've been going with everything. Yeah. Well, I don't want to sound too much like I'm brown nosing here, but the moment I saw Skip Gallery, didn't know what it was, loved it anyway, loved the idea of it. I thought it was something to do with throwing art away, you know, like you'd always find something yeah, in a yeah. skip that shouldn't yeah. be there, someone's sofa or mattress. Um, so as soon as I saw skip gallery fell in love with it luckily enough i had the i had the privilege a couple of years ago of of um having my own one um you did which is brilliant factory project very powerful piece of art like thank you and likewise with graphic rewilding um i'd seen it loved it and what i like is that at the time when we last spoke which was approximately two years ago i would have felt the ideas that you had for graphic rewilding then you've surpassed those at the moment haven't you yeah I, I think you know it's really interesting the way graphic rewilding started not unlike in a way the way skip started in that we didn't know what the hell we were doing so and we had nothing you know basically i had been making my flower art for years it started from a fascination i have with japanese art and what was happening was i was doing these paintings that were really they were plagiarized by Japanese culture really yeah. you know in a way imagine you, you know you can almost imagine it pop culture meets Japanese art banging two together but what was happening was within the context of these paintings I was painting kind of uh, Japanese influenced um, flower paintings which are prevalent in Japanese culture for many reasons um, uh, namely one that uh, the idea of mono no aware, which is the idea of joy and sadness when you see um, a ephemeral uh, piece of uh, a piece of nature, for instance. Yeah. So that's represented in a cherry blossom, which are beautiful, but you know they're going to die. Yeah. So that's that joy and sadness, you know, thing. But what was happening was I was just getting more and more drawn towards the flowers. And I was painting and drawing these flowers more often. But I realized now I was just embarrassed of them. I was just embarrassed of the kind of feminine, emasculine, kind of populist naffness of these paintings that I was in love with. In love with on the outside, because I was seeing all this work that I loved, you know, um, Hiroshiga's work, Hokusai's work, um, you know, um, uh, Hasoi Kawazi's work, Shinhanga, which is this period of Japanese woodblock art, loving it, trying to re-represent that, but actually feeling like, oh God, I just look like some naff Sunday painter, you know. So I kind of kept this work hidden for years. I sold it for a bit and then just kind of put it away, but I carried on doing it. And then it, about 10 years ago, I had really, I didn't realise it at the time, I just thought I was going through a bit of a mental time, but basically I think I had a bit of a breakdown and um, through like threw my life away in lots of ways. Um, and the only thing what I remember going back, the only thing that would keep me 
sane and like help soothe my troubled brain was I used to go into the forest and 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 I lived near this kind of like woods and I'd go into the woods and make art in the woods and it was the only thing that would rest my troubled soul you know Beautiful. and drawing these flowers and I was going into the woods and I was gold leafing log dead trees <laughs> It was bonkers I, and it felt really good to do, you know, and then I was, yeah. and I think Old Leap was that reference to Japanese art again and that whole, um, it's called the Rimper School of um, Art where you've often seen it where it's like a gold leafed, um, um, what do you call it? What are those uh, dividers? Oh, any panels, gold leaf panels with yeah. these kind of uh, two dimensional representations of nature. Anyway, and drawing these flowers are the only thing that I could, that would soothe my brain. So there's that. Jump forwards like 10 years and Catherine's like, you know, we're commissioning all these artists. Why don't we get your flowers huge on buildings and stuff? And I'm kind of going, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then I'm going, yeah, but then people will know I'm really naff. <laughs> yeah. Here we are doing this skip gallery stuff, which is cool. And it's working with cool artists. And it's quite like, you know, there's an urban aspect to it. And there's all that. And I'm like, oh my God, everyone's going to just know that I've got this guilty pleasure, if you like. Yeah. And then, and this was Catherine's idea. Skip Gallery was Catherine's idea. That's what I mean. She's she's very good at having these kind of like yeah. big big ideas. And then I, I'm good at executing them, I suppose. And we make a really good team in that respect. And jump forwards to recently, I've been getting more and more interested on the uh, neuroscientific ideas behind why we love nature and why it was soothing my brain so much why was i so placated by this nature stuff when quite frankly gary i've had no interest in nature whatsoever growing up you know grew up in watford i was more interested in as i've said in these talks giving going into scrapyards and i used to customize cars i loved scrapyards i loved messing around with all the junk and all the shit you know, there's all these lovely woods and fields and everything around. Didn't give a shit. Didn't didn't <laughs> didn't want to know. You know, and I'd read about this kind of idea about the extinction of of experience. It's called where kids who grow up in urban environments, people who grow up, they forget what nature is. Yeah. And I was, Jesus Christ, that was me. You know. But then, over the years, I've just had this fascination. Weirdly, I got connected to nature and a more kind of biophilic sensibility through looking at pictures of nature, through Japanese art, through pictures my mum had on her walls, through Laura Ashley, like fucking decor in my mum's house, you name it, whatever yeah. it was, a graphic representation of nature was the thing that attracted me, was the human eye, was the human interpretation, not nature itself. And then I'm like going, oh my God, I... Like I play video games a lot. Okay. Not, not doesn't overtake my life, but you yeah. know, I relax with a video game and as video games have got better and better and better. The one time that I got, like, I can pinpoint this moment a few years back. <laughs> I was, where I was playing, playing Gran Turismo, which is a racing game yeah. to people who don't. Know. And I'm driving along this racing game, full pelt. And then I look up, and there's this amazing stormy sunset on the distance. And I pull the car over, this imaginary <laughs> virtual car. Brilliant. And I just sit there looking at this sunset <laughs> on my TV screen going, that's beautiful. Well, cars are like, like yeah, racing past. Yeah. That's really lovely, that is. Anyway, I'm playing a game at the moment called Ghost of Tsushima. And the lands, as graphics have got better and better, the landscapes, the scenarios, you could be turning around and you're suddenly in the middle of the most beautiful forest in a scenario you could very rarely find in reality because yeah. it's not never really totally perfect. I, I get mentally soothed by it, you know, in between like, you know, chopping people up with a samurai sword, I can stand there, <laughs> you know, and relax in a field of irises, a beautiful sunset and a mountainscape in the distance. And I realized I was like, this, this is where I get my, nature fix yeah. and this is as poignant to me as all right you know if i stood on the top of everest and overlooked you know the the, the landscape 
but I can I, I get that that you know you can't replace nature. Yeah, but Lee, that's but, just the same as do you remember a few years ago, um, and, and quite a few years ago, people would have a DVD or even a video of a a fire, a natural fire, you know, a, a fireplace or a fish tank, and you'd put it in, yeah. you put it on the telly, and you'd sit there with this, you know, when TVs yeah. weren't up on the wall when they was at sort of like yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. at a lower level. Yeah. You'd have a fireplace on your telly because it was soothing. Gary, I do that a lot of evenings. So I have a YouTube channel on my TV that has a fire 4K HD fire. And I sit there and I, I put a lamp on underneath my telly so it feels a bit more goldenly glowy. And uh, I find that very relaxing. But I think, um, so I basically started researching yeah. why this is. Why is this affecting my brain this way? Why do I feel so relaxed when I draw nature, even if I'm not, even if I'm just drawing from images off the off the computer, you know, I, I find it relaxing. And I've been delving much more into neuroesthetics and the idea of how we process imagery, art, and nature um, uh, in in our brains, and and why it has this kind of soothing and uh, good effect on on people's minds and i've been reading more and more about it getting more and more fascinated by it um and there's a there's a course at goldsmiths and ma in neuroaesthetics and i'm very seriously contemplating doing oh, it good. because it's brilliant yeah it's powerful stuff powerful stuff and this is the, the thing i say in my talk is all this comes from just a one draw like a simple drawing of a flower mm. people don't understand just how deep this stuff goes you know because when we were hunting and foraging millions and millions of years ago, all this stuff, when we look at a park landscape and we, we look at it and we go, well, that's a really pretty landscape. We don't realize that like that, that view is the reason why we're soothed by it is because it is a view that is not dissimilar to a hunter gatherer who has to, find a tree to protect them from the sun or climb yeah, up yeah. in case a lion comes along to kill them or saber tooth tiger you know it's got water sources it's got distant views and it's got a level of complexity to it but also a level of simplicity to it so you can understand it it's got flowers that indicate there's going to be fruit in the next season yeah. you know it's got it, you know these things are things that trigger us but they trigger us from a millennia ago yeah yeah. And it's in us, you know, it, and, and and these are the things I'm fascinated by that other people might just see a picture, you know, picture I've done of some flowers. But these are the things that are inspiring to me, you know. And with the scale of what you create, when I see them, it makes me feel small, you know. Interesting. Yeah, that that's a really interesting point, man. I look at it like it brings it into sharp focus. Yeah. It makes you really like notice, but actually the idea of someone feeling small against that is that is the other flip, the flip side yeah. of seeing that. Yeah. I like that. I mean, yeah. I'll, I, I'm going to nick that. I sent you a photo last week of me sat on the one outside um, the Saatchi gallery. And yeah, as soon as you come around the corner and it's just sat there, because I was saying to my wife, yeah. I, I, I didn't know exactly where it was, but on a little clip that you put up, I saw that statue. Yeah. And um, I said, oh, I know where that statue is. Yeah, I found it. And yeah, my other half took several photos of me sprawled across it. But um, the <laughs> ones in question that we're talking about with graphic rewilding, um, you've got three pieces in this year's um, Kensington and Chelsea Art Week and Art Trail. Could you tell us a bit about those and how they come about and where they are and whatnot? They actually came about from Skip Gallery, funnily enough. Um... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We were looking for more sculptural representations of the flowers and how we could um build these things in more environmental and immersive ways uh, to to expand on the idea of the flowers because we didn't just want to put them on walls you know we what we do very, quite often is create immersive spaces and when we did the skip piece what i came up with was this idea of these for having worked in the theater is working with flats yeah because and that's how it works in the theater isn't it you create a sense of depth through flat pieces yeah, that either yeah. have a sense of perspective or sense of you know, depth. And so that's, excuse me, that's what we did with the skip piece. Because we we had to climb on the skip. We did some photographs. We had to climb on there. And when we were climbing, we were kind of sitting, climbing in between the pieces yeah, and it yeah. felt really nice. It felt really good. And we took some pictures and it was like, flipping hell, this looks really good. Could literally just went, we put a box in front of this, you know, this could look really, really brilliant as a sculptural seat, you know? Yeah. Um, and it was a lot harder than I thought it would be like designing it, it, it technically, a lot of the things we do, they're, they're, they're so simple to look at and yet they're really, really hard to imagine. But these seats, they, they work so well. We were really pleased with them. You know, as yeah. soon as I started visualizing them, we were like, oh my God, these could be really good. The other thing was they were really cost-effective to make. And, you know, we've been, before that, we've been working on these stained glass ideas and all these things for public spaces. And we were like, no one's ever going to make these. They're so bloody expensive. It's yeah. like, you know, it's crazy. It's too ambitious. So let's think of something that's simple and effective, you know, that, that I'm more likely to get um taken up so th that's how these happen and vestalia has been always been brilliant she was one of our initial champions a couple of years ago when we were first started out and she saw graphic rewilding and was like you know can you do a takeover of this space on in earl's court and it was on a busy road and you know and it was she really pushed us actually to really make the space into three-dimensional rather than just just doing the imagery on the on the hold on the uh, hoardings so because of Vestali, we ended up doing this lovely three-dimensional thing, you know, and she's, she's brilliant. She's a brilliant, um, uh, what's the word? Visionary. I don't know. Yeah, she's quite visionary, uh, Vestalia. She initially loved our stained glass ideas, but it felt like it was like, oh, maybe this isn't going to happen, you know? And I was like, well, we've got these seat ideas, you know, kind of thing. And she, she loved them. It was like, you know, I just WhatsApped her these images I'd done, you know, and um, it, I think, you know, so I think me and Catherine and Vestalia kind of worked on that idea and, and it, it it flourished. I think it's, a, excuse the pun, but, you know, it really, really came together. When I was there, before I sat on it to have my photo taken and after I got off, there was people sitting having their photo taken. So... It's a very, yeah. uh, you know, as shallow as it sounds, but it's the way life is. It's a very Instagrammable, uh, social media friendly object, piece of furniture, what yeah. have you. And I think I think that's an interesting point, really. And I think this is why I had so much reticence about the art, uh, the flower art before. There is a reason why people are drawn to it. Yeah, we're not making stuff so that it is instagrammable it just happens to be instagrammable yeah. my 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 love of art is is so broad um and catherine has as a real kind of uh, is always drawn to much more conceptual art if we can take stuff over here and fund or build on stuff over here then i feel like we've um co covering the full gamut because you know I don't want to be elitist about stuff. I don't want to be elitist about stuff at all. It's only it's only my fear, I suppose. It's only my fear, which is a rubbish feeling to feel as a as an artist. You know, one thing I just know, Gary, is that since Catherine encouraged me 
to do this stuff and that we've been working on this together i've been so much happier as a human being brilliant, brilliant. you know it's feeling and, happy in both worlds isn't it yeah i mean you've got a david shrigley print behind you i presume it's a print um he sits very comfortably or he lays across both worlds doesn't he and yeah he's a great example of that i think you know he sells mugs he sells tea towels and he's and he's got art in galleries i think you know anyone who manages to achieve that you know i did my dissertation on robert rauschenberg and a thing called the overseas cultural interchange and he was one of those kind of first people who really understood i think about creating art and pop art in general but he was like a precursor to pop art he was the bridge between abstract expressionism and pop art and he understood about populism before andy warhol did really yeah. you know about about that idea of bringing it you know inviting your audience into a world that's a little bit more challenging and a bit more you know with with um popular imagery yeah and i've always been fascinated by that well if it's if you're inviting people in from a different world and that, that's only a only a great thing right it is it is but i think you know i do have it's interesting because I'm feeding into this as well, but I th think that the unfortunate nature of Instagram is people often, and I do it as well. It's like you'll often won't, you'll only go skin deep. You know, art has so many levels and, you know, on Instagram, you're mainly only able to get drawn in from a visual level. And if you're interested enough to last 30 seconds into a video, you might hear a bit more about. Yeah the content of a, of a piece and quite often with more conceptual art you have to be there you have to be there and in, in it whereas yeah. Instagram kind of creates this surface you know and do we exploit that possibly do yeah you know but it's an exploitation that comes from the heart it, it, come, it comes from the soul um, but I do think Instagram is brilliant because it's spread it's spread it spread kind of graphical art and visual art to the masses in in a way that not many other mediums have been able to but at the same time it's kind of uh, the strata has reduced i think down to yeah. like what people will accept but, but the graphic rewilding visually packs a punch and then it's got layers beyond it that visual punch is going to draw anyone in and those who are the type of person to look beyond the initial image you know, they, they yeah. will go looking for the story and what's what it's about. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And Catherine often refers to this. It's like she's, you know, because it's we often argue because not argue, but like, like this thing like Catherine hates like flower dress, floral dresses and kind of, you know, quite feminine uh, iconography. But she's really encouraged me with the graphic rewilding stuff. And she has said, since I've been delving more into the narrative behind it, the whole idea of the kind of mental health side of it and the video games and the, you know, all these kind of narrative that I've been exploring, she's much more drawn towards it in that yeah. respect. You know, well, you're so, not, you're so not creating right. it just to say, look at this, it's pretty. If you yeah. was just doing that, then that's as shallow as it is. But it isn't. You've give it a loads of depth, so that depth, and that will emit from from the surface of what Absolutely. we're looking at. And, yeah, and there's artists I massively admire who use natural iconography uh, in their work in a way that is supremely profound. I mean, Louise Bourgeois's um, red flower paintings yeah. are just yeah. absolutely mind blowing. Or you know, I'm a big fan of David Hockney's. You know, who who really uh, takes natural imagery into so many different uh areas into the digital realm into the it's existing in the painting realm in the photography realm um you know and represents nature in so many ways and 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 what he says about it i think it's really really interesting yeah you know he talks about new nature and new nature is this kind of new human representation of nature um which is um a kind of more maximalist approach i suppose you know which is something that i'm really drawn to i mean but what you're doing with these benches 
before you've only invited the viewer to look at the flowers. Now you're inviting yeah. them to sit amongst them, like I don't know, like the them fairies from the 1900s. You know, the the fake yeah. fairies that yeah. were made at the bottom of the garden. Yeah, but yes, yeah, so no, that's people are being photographed amongst these massive flowers. And I hope to take that much, much further. We we you know on a project we did recently as well. You know, speaking of that immersion, we started we started using augmented reality, like you know, and, and recreating the flowers animated within people's phones, you know, some um, kind of, it's, again, it comes back to this kind of theatrical background. I mean, I'd love nothing more than to create a theatre set, you know, theatre piece for that, you know, something massive and immersive that people can, and augment planting. So we've done a few bits where there's been kind of like some planting involved and it works really, really well. It kind of emboldens, um, kind of uh, uh, natural planting uh, in a really lovely way, in a way that I was quite surprised by, actually, um, yeah. you know, enhance these spaces. Because, you know, the other thing is, you know, we're brought up in urban environments and access to nature is becoming, believe it or not, you know, London, I think, I think, you know, the average, I think the average across Europe is of people that don't have access to natural, uh, natural spaces or to green spaces, 60%. And that's usually kind of, you know, uh, low income people, uh, people from ethnic minorities don't have that access. That percentage in London is 75%. Wow. And people that literally don't get access to green space. Now, I understand that kind of create not just creating but maintaining green space is bloody expensive for councils governments or whatever and there even though it is clearly it works for mental health you know there's numerous st statistics there's also statistics that show very clearly that even imagery of nature helps people's minds and yeah. helps them kind of relax and, and feel good so if we can be kind of acting as some kind of you know balance a little bit of a balance mitigating against the negative effects of not having access to nature then brilliant you know we'd yeah. love to be part of that and although um, graphic and... rewilding is very illustrative and not realistic to the eye your eye and your mind work together and make it a real flower don't they you know yeah it's a really really good point there's actually a uh, cognitive process where your brain can interpret anything like if you've seen if you've seen uh, if you've seen a real flower then you see a silhouette of a flower you see a flower distorted in a mirror you see a yeah. flower upside down your brain over years has been able to understand and interpret how a flower or anything exists in lots of different scenarios mm. there's actually a theory that says that's what dreaming's about it teaches your brain to see objects oh, yeah. in very unusual scenarios I mean, it's only a theory but so your brain is able to to visualize and understand these things so when when i draw these flowers there's no landscape in the background there's nothing to tell you it's three-dimensional there's nothing to tell you your brain is able to register that yeah very draw, quickly draw, draw between the dots absolutely the other thing your brain's able to do is it recognizes nature way quicker than urban environments. Yeah. So if I showed you, if I showed you a blurred trip picture of a tree on a in a field, but it's really abstracted, like you know, I showed you that, your brain is able to recognize that that is a nature environment way quicker, like vastly quicker than if I showed you a bunch of distorted buildings. Yeah and or in roads or whatever and showed you just as abstracted you you wouldn't be able to tell what that is yeah nowhere near as quick as nature your brain is very very tuned in to nature imagery but is there any way that you could even put a smell there somehow when you sit amongst it and you can smell that fresh flower smell yeah and even on, on the skip piece we had bird song kind of sitting in amongst it yeah i, I you know many many years ago I went to Universal Studios as a kid and I went on the E.T. ride. Part of the ride, I'll never forget it. And I was quite young at the time. You you go into the forest where, where they're being chased. There's this whole scene where the cars turn up and you're being chased. But the first thing I noticed was in amongst all these trees, they put pine, like a pine smell in amongst there, oh, you know. Oh, wow, okay. 
Yeah, I was absolutely blown away. I, I, you know, I was a young kid, so, you know, um, I just really, really stuck in my memory. But yeah, that's a good idea, definitely. I'd love to be able to create more holistic environments, definitely. Mm. Getting back to the benches, if you don't mind, Lee, where can they be found along the King's Road in the borough of Kensington and Chelsea? The benches can be found in Duke of York Square, which is right outside the main entrance to the Saatchi Gallery, just down the road on Royal Avenue, I think it is. Yeah. So it's, I think it's the entrance to uh, Royal Avenue there. Um, and there's another one on outside Hermes on uh, Sloan Street. So that's that's where they, that's where they can be found. Are they there until the end of the art trail, which is the end of August? Yes. Yes. Then we might be reusing them down the line as well with some other projects. That's the other thing. We've been getting like as soon as people have seen them, we've been getting inquiries about about doing them again. Brilliant. You know, so, so fingers crossed anyway, we'll get to um reproduce them in, in various shapes or forms. I'm working on a on a on a, a lit version of oh, it at yeah. the moment. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, where the uh, where the benches light up. We'll see. Because again, it comes down to that cost thing, doesn't it? It's like, yeah. um, you know. As far as an inviting bench goes, you don't get much more inviting than <laughs> sitting amongst a bunch of flowers, do you? No, no, exactly, exactly. I kind of want to work on a one in the round as well so that people sit yeah. inside it. Yeah. And you can see it on the outside. People can sit on the outside and the inside. But this is, again, this is where the kind of Produce UK and Catherine's company and our experience in working in placemaking environments in public public realm where it's all about street furniture. It's about kind of inviting people in into kind of more holistic spaces. We're, we're very we're very well versed in that, and so we want it'd be lovely to be able to expand graphic rewilding into that into that area. Brilliant. And what else have you got coming up, Lee? We are. There's a possibility that we're off to go and see the National Trust about the possibility of taking over the interior of an old cottage on National Trust wow. and doing the whole painting the whole of the interior of there. Nice. That's just a conversation at the moment. And is uh, that graphic rewilding yeah. taking over that cottage? That's graphic rewilding taking over the cottage. As I said, we are installing the skip graphic rewilding outside the Royal Sculpture Society. I Brilliant. think that's in September. So that's really exciting. We're really, really happy that's happening. We're doing our first print launch um, soon. Oh, yeah. Like, it's so funny. Yeah, it's so funny. I've been so reticent to like fully immersed in public art. I felt like it was a backward step, actually starting to produce physical pictures. Yeah. <laughs> but again, Catherine was like, come on, you know, maybe it's maybe it's time to do this, you know, so um we're going to we're going to do a print launch and i've been i've been painting in the studio again which has nice. been lovely because i i kind of learned so sumi e is is a japanese ink painting yeah and uh i've been you know practicing that for quite a few years but again it's one of those things i've kind of kept to myself you know and so i decided to kind of take the graphic rewilding um art and start applying the uh, sumi e technique to the black lines nice. um if you so i've been back in the studio working on that and that that that's lovely actually that feels really really good really good what else and do you feel a bit vulnerable coming off of the computer screen onto the canvas no i have painted i mean painting is absolutely second nature to me just because i took a big gap from it yeah i'm not frightened of it at all really i spent years years and years and years painting either in the public like as I said in the theater or my own artwork and I love the spontaneity and fear that goes with painting with black ink because I'll have spent say two weeks putting the colors down <laughs> yeah one one flipping mistake you know and and that's the beauty of painting with a black ink because you can tell if my mind wanders even one tiny bit you can tell in the line you know and it's, it's quite a tricky, it's quite a tricky thing, but I love, I love that. I love that slight kind of nervousness you get uh, with that. Good. Well, it just adds to a to bit think, of fragility yeah. in the image, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it does. It does. It's a, it's a nice feeling. It's almost like because the colors that I use within the uh, digital 
image are very flat basic colors it's quite a kind of just getting the colors down is it's almost like i'm getting those colors down in order to get to the bit where i get to paint the black lines the black lines are the really exciting bit where yeah. it could all go wrong you know and the jeopardy that goes you've spent two weeks blocking out these colors and the jeopardy is it could all go tits up you know um in one foul swoop so um so do you think there'll be, ever be a time when we'll see you at the Chelsea Flower Show? I think so. Inquiries are coming from like, you know, the Royal Horticulture Society just contacted and we, we've been having chats. It didn't, it didn't happen in the end, but we've been having chats with Kew Gardens and various people. So I reckon Chelsea Flower Show is on the cards at some point. Yeah. We've not been contacted yet. Very I'd funny. love to see him coming out of the skip there. The, the most urban oh my flower God. pot there, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, that would be amazing. That would be brilliant. Um, I'm trying to think of... I've, I've got, my brain's gone blank. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. I No, no, no. Of course. So we're working on a brilliant project. It's been going on for a little while now, and it's taken different guises, but there's a project on the south coast called Walk the Chalk. Oh, okay. There's a walk along the south coast in Sussex where they are enhancing this walk and bringing attention to the to the walk near seven sisters with five or six pieces of artwork that represent the nature of the area in different ways they approached us we initially were going to take over the very famous cottages down there on the outside uh, but after um some initial things that that didn't happen but we're doing a whole series of flags so I'm going to do this 16 flags because I, I don't know if you've seen but in the, we did a kind of takeover in the forest of Dean um, down there where we did these massive banners in the trees. And the well, idea we was were talking to... about that when we last spoke. Ah, OK. Well, this isn't dissimilar in that we're doing these big, big flags where we on each flag set 16 different flat flora and fauna that are very specific to that area only so it's an, a way of kind of just bringing people's attention to what's around them Brilliant. and there's five five other artists i think who are d creating their own projects but yeah walk the chalk is um happening in september as well i think Super. i'm gonna i bet you i've got all the statistics wrong Catherine, <laughs> Catherine's way better at this stuff i'm, I'm kind of like you know <laughs> don't bother me i'm drawing you know and where can anyone see what baker and borovsky are doing be it online or social media um yeah so the best best place to see what we're up to is either the uh skip gallery instagram um so uh that is uh, uh just skip gallery one word or the graphic rewilding instagram which is graphic underscore rewilding that often illustrates the projects that we're up to um we've got our graphic if you want to sign up to our newsletter for graphic rewilding we've got our graphic rewilding website which is graphicrewilding.com um and our uh, if you want to see what we're up to on our skip gallery and, and sign up to the newsletter is skipgallery.com as well brilliant and just Too to many. finish off lee could you tell us once more where the listener may be able to find the graphic rewilding benches as part of the kensington and chelsea art week and art trail yeah, so it's part of a much bigger art exploration uh, called Kensington Chelsea Art Week, organised by uh, Vestalia Chilton. Our benches are featured in Duke of York Square, um, which is just down from Sloan Street Station, and then Royal Avenue, and then Sloan Street uh, next to Hermes down there. So uh, they're, they're in a reasonable vicinity of each other. Brilliant. Me? Thank you very much for your time. It's been as good as ever speaking to you. And uh, hopefully oh, thanks, see you in real life pretty soon. And you. All the best, mate. See, see you later. later. Ta Bye. Ta Hello, I'm Vestalia Chilton, the director of Kensington and Chelsea Art Week and Art Trail. You've just been listening to one of our featured artists. Make sure to keep these dates for the Art Trail starts on the 15th of June and lasts all summer. And Art Week starts on the 22nd of June and ends on the 2nd of July. All of this information is on our website, kcaw.co.uk. We look forward to welcoming you. Well, hope you enjoyed that episode of the Ministry of Arts podcast. 
So we wasn't dictated to by advertisers, we decided from the offset to go ad-free, which means obviously we had to self-fund. So we set up the Ministry of Arts Patreon page. And without that support, we would not be able to produce this podcast. So if you like what you hear and you're able to support the podcast, just go over to the Ministry of Arts Instagram profile. You'll find a Linktree drop-down box, which will direct you straight to our Patreon page. And for the price of a cup of coffee, you can help keep us growing week by week. But if you're not able to do that, that's fine because this content is free for everyone. But leaving a review on whichever platform you listen to your podcast, that really does help us get noticed and anyone else looking for an art podcast. Or even giving us a positive shout out on your social media. Everything is appreciated. But either way, thanks for listening. And until next week, ta Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger. Feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.